بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ از دا ففٹینتھ آف سپٹمبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوئنٹی تھری the final pillar but before moving on to it to spend a session or so discussing the holy city of Jerusalem so the blessed land of Palestine the jewel in the crown is Jerusalem firstly in the Quran in Surah Al-Ma'idah Surah 5 verse 21 Allah the Almighty and Glorious, He says of the Bilaim and Shaitan Rajim, Udkhulul Ard al-Muqaddasata allati kataballahu lakum Enter the Holy Land which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordained for you. So this is part of the verse, Surah 5 verse 21. So Allah the Almighty and Glorious, He calls a particular land, Ard al-Muqaddah. Muqaddasa, the holy land which Allah has ordained for you what is this holy land Palestine has thus been described as a holy land in the Quran mm. why because this was a command given to Musa والسلام, and his people after the Firon had been done away with Allah Ta'ala mentioned enter the holy land. So how does he describe that land? Ard al-Muqaddasa, the holy land. But who has our loving Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala ordained it for? In another part of the glorious Quran, it clearly mentions that the holy prophet Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam was delivered by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the land which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed for all the worlds. So where is this mentioned? In Surah Al-Anbiya, alayhi salatu wa salam, Surah 21 verse 71, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَنَجَّيْنَاهُ وَلُوتًا إِلَى الْأَرْضِ الَّتِي بَارَقْنَا فِيهَا لِلْعَالَمِينَ And we saved him and Lut alayhi salatu wa salam and brought him to the land upon which We had bestowed our blessings for all of the worlds. Mm-hmm. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? That it is a blessed land. Fiha lil alameen. I for all the worlds. So why is this important to highlight? Those note that the Quran refers to the land of Palestine as holy. I Surah 5 verse 21. not a promised land mm-hmm. i.e. as the overzealous Zionist Jews and Christians proclaim mm-hmm. Allah has not called it a promised land he said he, it's a land that's blessed for all the nations mm-hmm. Allah is a holy land it's blessed for all the nations he is not called it as a promised land mm-hmm. even logically Why would the Almighty and Glorious Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala bestow His favors on a specific group rather than the whole of mankind? 
surely it cannot be befitting for the Creator, subhanahu wa ta'ala, to favor one group over another simply by virtue of their birth, rather than those that are nearest to Him by way of faith and piety. Thus to reiterate, the Quran clearly declares that the blessings of the Holy Land of Palestine are for Allah Alameen, all the worlds. Thus these blessings are not restricted to any specific group of people or species, rather encompassing all living and non-living things. So this is the first part of call when you talk about Jerusalem. People think that it's a promised land. Promise for who? Right? Then they start quoting Bible. What are you quoting Bible for? Allah Ta'ala has called it a holy land. Allah Ta'ala has called it a blessed land for all the nations. So first of all, you need to get rid of these statements that people are making. And it's not in the Quran. And it goes against everything we know. Why is Allah Ta'ala favoring somebody simply by virtue of their birth? It doesn't make any sense. Allah Ta'ala has no ties of blood. So why would he promise it to a certain race? And the response is, it's piety that Allah Ta'ala looks at. Again and again, our loving Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this land is blessed. In Surah Al-Anbiya, alayhi salatu wasalam, Surah 21 verse 81, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, We subdued the strong raging wind for Suleiman alayhi salatu wasalam, which blew at his bidding. Towards the land that we blessed. So what does it say in another passage of the Quran? It mentions the great miracle of one of the miracles of Suleiman that he had control of the wind. And what does Allah Ta'ala says? Say, towards the land, towards the land we have blessed. Indeed, the very mountains and hills of the glorious city of Jerusalem celebrate the praises of the Almighty and Glorious with Dawood in Surah Sa'd, Surah 38, verse 18, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, It was we that made the mountains, hills declare in unison with Him our praises at evening and the break of day. So where was Dawood based? Jerusalem. So what does Allah Ta'ala say? The mountains were doing dhikr of Jerusalem with him. So Allah Ta'ala is highlighting that the mountains are also blessed. The wind which blew for Suleiman to the land that we blessed. Palestine, Jerusalem. So Allah Ta'ala is mentioning it in the Quran. In addition, the blessed chamber of Dawood is mentioned in the Quran within the sanctuary of Al-Aqsa. In Surah Sa'd, Surah 38, verse 21, the Almighty and Glorious says, Has the narrative of the disputants reached you? Behold, they climbed over the wall of the private chamber. So what does Allah Ta'ala now mention? He mentions a mihrab. Who's mihrab? Dawood alayhi salatu wasalam. Where was the mihrab of Dawood alayhi salatu wasalam? Masjid al-Aqsa. Allah Ta'ala is mentioning the chamber. 
he is mentioned the chamber of Maryam in Surah Ali Imran, Surah 3, verse 37. Kullama Zakariya al-Mihraba wajada indaha rizqa. Every time Zakariya alayhi salatu wasalam entered the mihrab, he found her supplied with sustenance. So where is the mihrab of Maryam? Masjid al-Aqsa. Allah is mentioning it in the Quran. Verses 38 and 39 of Ali Imran go on to mention that Zakariya alayhi salatu wasalam thereupon supplicated within that chamber to be blessed with the sun it was thereupon answered therein. So think about that. Not only is the chamber, the mihrab of Maryam mentioned, in Masjid al-Aqsa, it mentions in the Quran, Zakariya went there, salatu wasalam, he made a dua for a sun there, Allah answered his dua there. So now who's great, Zakariya or Maryam? Zakariya, salatu wasalam. But why was Zakaria going to the chamber? Because miraculous things were taking place there, Karamat. We really should not find this strange in the least. For consider that our loving Lord says in Surah Al Isra, Surah 17, verse 1 Al Masjid al Aqsa ladi barakna hawla, Masjid al Aqsa, whose surroundings we have blessed. Masjid al Aqsa whose precincts, surroundings, we have blessed. Thus, if the Almighty and Glorious bless the surroundings of the sacred masjid, then what of the enormity of the blessings within the masjid, the epicenter itself? Look how interesting. Allah doesn't say, I have blessed Masjid Al-Aqsa. He says, Barakna hawla. I have blessed the surroundings of that masjid. So the question goes to the mind then, what about the masjid? That's the epicenter. So why have I mentioned all this? Because people first need to know Jerusalem's mentioned in the Quran. Why? Because the Bani Israel, the devious ones amongst them, because why are you making Jerusalem such a holy place? It's not mentioned in your book. And we're that distant from the Quran. We have a quick look at the translation. And he goes, yeah, it's not mentioned. So straight away, they've duped you. They want you to be separated from the holy city of Jerusalem. And the response is mentioned all over the place. But not by name. Quds is not mentioned. Jerusalem by name is not mentioned. However, there are clear references to it. And I've given you half a dozen here. So why is that important? Because we have a great affiliation with the holy city of Jerusalem. Allah has mentioned it again and again in various places. And think about this. The epicenter is Masjid Al-Aqsa. Not forgetting the greatest of these blessings was what? So what was the greatest blessing that Allah blessed Masjid Al-Aqsa with? Okay. Whose presence? Rasulullah. Not forgetting the greatest of these blessings was the arrival of no other than Rasulullah himself. Subhanallah. Why wasn't Rasulullah taken on the Mihraj from Makkah? People, you know, query this. No, why not from Medina? Why did he have to go to Jerusalem? Because Allah says, I have blessed the surroundings. 
and one blessing was left, Rasulullah had to get there. So note the Quran sets the stage with regards to the holy city. So you'd expect now Rasulullah to elaborate and of course he did. So let's now turn to the hadith. How many prophets and messengers والسلام, are buried within the holy city of Jerusalem? We have an indication. Our beloved messenger said, وسلم, O Abu Ubaidah, the Bani Israel والسلام, in one morning murdered 43 prophets. والسلام, 170 worshippers tried to stop them and thus by the same evening all of them were also martyred. This is in Ibn Abi Hatim, Ibn Jarir, and Ibn Kathir in their respective tafsirs, Ruh al-Ma'ani, Ma'rif al-Quran. So let's look at this. How is this linked to Jerusalem? Rasulullah is talking to the one of the ten promised paradise, the Amin of this Ummat, Abu Ubaidah. He goes, in one morning the Bani Israel murdered 43 prophets. Now how is that possible? So there's not much detail, but some of the scholars speculate that this was when they were praying in Masjid Al-Aqsa. So in one morning, they killed them, murdered them, 43. So if a person says to you, how great are their crimes? One prophet isn't enough. In one morning, imagine, what have you done in this morning? You pray the shrak, you don't salat al-dua, I know I've killed 43 prophets. What sort of a CV is that, astaghfirullah? But the prophet then said, sallallahu alayhi wa they're not all the same. 170 worshippers tried to stop them. There's the clue. Worshippers. <laughs> Why do you say worshippers? Because they were praying. And they were also martyred by the evening. How is that linked to Jerusalem? Because we learn from another report. Our beloved mother Sayyida Aisha said, when Rasulullah passed away, they differed concerning his burial. Abu Bakr said, I have heard Rasulullah say, Sallallahu Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only takes a prophet, in the place where he loves to be buried. Those they buried him where his bedding was. This is in Dirmadi, Ibn Imaj, number 1627, and Shaykh al-Bani stated Sahih, in Sahih Sunan al-Dirmadi, number 812, and Ahqam al-Jana'is, page 174. So what do we learn from this Sayyid Hadith? The Prophet said, A Prophet is buried where he loves to be buried. A Prophet is buried where he passes away. Let's link it to the previous report. Those wherever the 43 Prophets were martyred, they were then buried at the same spot or thereabouts. Those it would be safe to say that many messengers and Prophets Wasalam, are buried within and also around Masjid al-Aqsa. Mm-hmm. There's prophets buried around the Kaaba. 300 plus. Imam Abu Hanifa records the report in his Athar. 300 plus prophets are buried around the Kaaba. Masjid al-Nabi, of course, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Masjid al-Aqsa, hundreds, if not thousands. Here is one report to prove this. So think about that. You're going to a place where prophets are buried. Indeed, scores of noble companions, 
are also buried just outside of Masjid al-Aqsa, including the illustrious Badri and first Qadi of Jerusalem, Sayyidina Ubadah ibn As-Samit, who passed away at the end of Uthman's Khalifat in the year 34 AH at the age of 71 to 2 years of age. Refer to Ibn Sa'ad in Islabakat, volume 3, page 4 to 6 of the English translation. So there's many Sahaba buried there. Obada ibn As-Samit is buried there. He's a Badri, one of the greatest companions of the Prophet. He was the first Qadi of Jerusalem. When Jerusalem fell, he became the first Qadi, Chief Justice. He passed away in Uthman's Khalifa, he's buried there. Also, Shaddad ibn Aus was buried there. Abu Darda said of him, every ummah has a faqih, a learned jurist. And the faqih of this ummah is Shaddad ibn Aus. This is in Abu Na'im al-Hilya, number 678. So who's saying this? Abu Darda. What do we know about Abu Darda? He's Hakim al-Ummah. He is the physician of this ummah. He's saying every ummah has an extremely learned jurist. This ummah's extremely learned jurist is Shaddad ibn Aus. Shaddad ibn Aus was appointed as a preacher in Jerusalem. Referred to Hafiz Zahabi in his seer 2-328 Hopefully bring the Christians around to Islam. He passed away at the end of Muawiyah's Khalifat at the venerable age of 95 in the year 58 AH. Referred to Hafiz Zahabi in his seer 2-328 Ibn Sa'ad in his tabakat, volume 1, page 249 of the English translation. So we've been to both the graves, just outside the walls of Jerusalem. Masjid al Aqsa, sorry. Is the grave of Abadi ibn Asabit, Shaddad ibn Aus. Shaddad ibn Aus, he is the companion who gave us Sayyid al Istighfar. Shaddad ibn Aus, he relates that the Prophet said, Whoever recites this, in the morning or evening and dies the same day or evening, he will go to paradise. Allahumma anta rabbi la ilaha illa anta khalaqnani to the end. Sayyid al-Istighfar is on his authority. So how many millions of Muslims are saying that dua? Who gets the reward? The one who's buried in the walls of Jerusalem. Shaddad ibn Awsur He passed away at the age of 95, subhanAllah. The people have too much love for these two companions. Khalid ibn Ma'dan had said, from the companions of Rasulullah there are none left in Asham whose knowledge is more dependable who have a deeper understanding who are more beloved to the people than Obada ibn As-Samit and Shaddad ibn Aus this is in Ibn Sa'ad in his tabakat 4-188 Hayat al-Sahaba volume 4 page 822 of the New English translation so companions are buried there May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be well pleased with all of the majestic companions of our beloved Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and forgive us all for their unreable sake. Ameen. So why did they want to live and die there? Because it's a holy city. Even Sayyidina Umar, when he went for 10 days to open the holy city, Amr ibn al-As suggested to him, just the fact that he suggested it, is why don't you take Jerusalem as your capital? And Umar radiallahu said, I will never leave the neighborhood of Rasulullah. <laughs> but the fact that it was even suggested, you think it was he, why even, you know he's not going to leave the city of the Prophet. But the fact it was suggested shows how much they love Jerusalem. And of course, 
you know, many other things which we'll mention in the next few sessions, inshallah. So all I mentioned today was now talking about the holy city of Jerusalem. I predominantly mentioned some of the great verses from the glorious book, indicating it is certainly a holy and blessed land, but it is not mentioned anywhere it's a promised land. No mention anywhere, right? So when people say it's promised, promised to who? Right? If you're going to say promise, it's promised to the Muslims. Because Musa was a Muslim. The Bani Israel were Muslims. But note how they change from the religion to blood. Because it's promised to the Jews. That's like saying, you know, to give you a poor example, if they were if the Muslims at the time were all Patans, suddenly somebody says this, this land is promised to the Patans. Is that true? The answer is no. It was promised to the Muslims. The Patan is the language and blood. And this is what they've done. They made it into a racial thing. You say it was promised to the Muslims. And it's a blessing for the entire world. Not just the race. The Quran is mentioning for everybody. Fish and fowl. Subhanallah. Are there any questions you want to ask? سبحان الله بحمدك سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك واذكر بالله من الشيطان الرجيم سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والاصل ان الانسان لفي خسر الذين امنوا وعملوا الصالحات والوصف بالحق والوصف بالصبر صدق الله العظيم